Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's Dina Calmetti here and Susan Davis. And for today's report, a special report, we're going to talk about the normalization of euthanasia. Susan, this is a very interesting report. Tell us more about it. Well, Dina, we on Jesus 24-7 show End Time News Report, we have done spinoffs in the past that are special reports focused on things we normally would talk about in that show, such as our sudden destruction show and the special report that we did on famine, which is called Stocking Up on Spiritual Bread. But today we're going to do another spinoff, and the reason is there's just so much news coming out about this topic that we decided to do a special focus on it with this program. And it's a necessary special focus because personally, I believe this particular topic on assistance in dying and euthanasia is no longer a kind of lunatic fringe event. It's now picking up steam and is getting more and more common and being promoted by healthcare industry like never before. And I think that what we're looking at could be one of the last, how do I put it, nails in the coffin, I hate to use that, in end times news events leading up to the return of Christ. It's a macabre look at the healthcare industry assisting people in death when Christianity is all about the promotion of life. In fact, I think we should be right up front with our audience where we stand on this topic. Uh, We're not here to just discuss it because it's news. We're not here to say we believe this is the way. We're here to say this is shocking and this is evil and it needs to be called out and more people need to know that this is going on. Okay, maybe you don't think it affects you, but in a way it does because this could easily be a topic in your family at any given point. You just don't know. And so we really need to take a closer look at this. And so we're grabbing headlines that we've gotten just recently off of uh, news from around the world. And so let's take a look at what's being said about this unbelievable topic. Now, here's a headline, Dina, that we got from Life News. And it says, Netherlands is euthanizing people just because they have autism. Now, the AP is reporting that a medical study found that autistic people and those with intellectual disabilities have been euthanized in the Netherlands. It goes on to say several people with autism and intellectual disabilities have been legally euthanized in the Netherlands in recent years because they said they could not lead normal lives, researchers have found. The cases included five people younger than 30 who cited autism as either the only reason or a major contributing factor for euthanasia, setting an uneasy precedent that some experts say stretches the limits of what the law originally intended. I never understand why people are surprised by these kind of horror stories. Once a society decides that killing is an acceptable answer to suffering, what constitutes suffering sufficient to be made dead becomes highly 
elastic and stretches over time. This can even include loneliness. As I have written about before, the story describes the phenomenon. Many of the patients cited different combinations of mental problems, physical ailments, diseases, or aging-related difficulties as reasons for seeking euthanasia. 30 included being lonely as one of the causes of their unbearable pain. Eight said the only causes of their suffering were factors linked to their intellectual disability or autism, social isolation, a lack of coping strategies, or an inability to adjust their thinking. The unintended cruelty of euthanasia is becoming increasingly clear. Dr. Bram Saizu, a Dutch psychiatrist, was disturbed that young people with autism viewed euthanasia as a viable solution. Some of them are almost excited at the prospect of death, Saizu said. They think this will be the end of their problems and the end of their family's problems. Tim Stainton, director of the Canadian Institute for Inclusion and Citizenship at the University of British Columbia, wonders if the same thing is happening in Canada, which arguably has the world's most permissive euthanasia laws and which doesn't keep the kind of records that the Netherlands does. Helping people with autism and intellectual disabilities to die is essentially eugenics, Stainton said. Indeed, now add in the prospect of organ harvesting as a benefit to society and the acute danger to the vulnerable who can come or be made to think that their deaths will have greater value than their lives comes vividly into focus. Now, Dina, I want to mention that we've done a lot of stories about euthanasia over time in our past reports and reporting. And Japan is also one of those countries that are actually promoting to the elderly looking at euthanasia after a certain age because their general population is aging and they don't know what to do. So they are looking at distributing materials out, preparing people for the possibility that, oh, you know, you're going to be a heavy weight on society, so you might want to consider this as an option. I mean, this is just disturbing from all angles. What do you think, Dina? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, Dina, I don't know if you recall, but in past broadcasts, we've talked about this topic. We've actually said, you know, as they were beginning to get involved in this more and more, especially Canada, you know, what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong here? And if you open the floodgates a little, it's going to burst open. And they're going to start small. They're going to start with obvious cases where they make a judgment call that, oh, this person's life is of no longer any value because they're dying in such a way, a certain way. And then, you know, outsiders begin to make decisions about who should die and who shouldn't. I mean... This is really playing God on a big scale. Would you not agree? Absolutely. And they will have to answer to that one day. They are putting themselves in God's shoes, which is, you know, a scary thing to do. And, you know, Canada and the Netherlands are uh, considering opening the floodgates up for youth to come in and make determinations about themselves, you know, a healthcare professional and then they would conduct a, a short series because of interviews and then determine, yes, that this individual, perhaps 16 or even in some cases 18 or older, but now they're trying to drive down the age. You know, they're indicating that that individual can make these choices apart 
from their parents or guardians. And then it happens, and the first sign this is going on is that the family is notified that this person made that decision and there's nothing more the family can do because the person's already expired. I mean, this is shocking beyond belief, right? Yeah, you know, they're trying to, uh, you know, any age, they should not promote this. But to these younger individuals who have their whole lives ahead of them, but these organizations that promote this, it's evil. It, it's oh, it is. wicked it, it, on a whole, is. Yeah, a whole new level. We've literally looked at stories from different countries where the politicians or the healthcare leaders or directors were actually literally coming out on record and admitting that there would be cost savings involved by euthanizing people who would normally be draining the healthcare industry and the government. And you just can't believe they're actually uttering these words. You see what I'm saying? Well, and what's sad about that is that these doctors have taken an oath to save lives, not take life. But exactly maybe, maybe so. that oath is changing. Maybe that's going to be something that's going to change. But every doctor, I believe, has to take that oath to, at least in the U.S., to protect life. Let me read from this next article from AP News, Associated Press. A disturbing experts troubled by Canada's euthanasia laws. Alan Nichols had a history of depression and other medical issues, but none were life-threatening. When the 61-year-old Canadian was hospitalized in June 2019 over fears he might be suicidal, he asked his brother to bust him out as soon as possible. Within a month, Nichols submitted a request to be euthanized, and he was killed, despite concerns raised by his family and a nurse practitioner. His application for euthanasia listed only one health condition as the reason for his request to die, and it was hearing loss. Nichols' family reported the case to police and health authorities, arguing that he lacked the capacity to understand the process and was not suffering unbearably among the requirements for euthanasia. They say he was not taking needed medication, wasn't using the cochlear implant that helped him hear, and that hospital staffers improperly helped him request euthanasia. Allen was basically put to death, his brother Gary Nichols said. Disability experts say the story is not unique in Canada, which arguably has the world's most permissive euthanasia rules allowing people with serious disabilities to choose to be killed in the absence of any other medical issue. And many Canadians support euthanasia and the advocacy group Dying with Dignity says the procedure is driven by compassion, an end to suffering and discrimination and desire for personal autonomy. But human rights advocates say the country's regulations lack necessary safeguards devalue the lives of disabled people and are prompting doctors and health workers to suggest the procedure to those who might not otherwise consider it. You know, this goes on and on and on. Around the world, lobbyists for legalizing physician-assisted suicide, PAS, use Oregon as an example of safe, successful, and carefully drafted legislation. Every year, the state publishes what appears to be a comprehensive annual report. Nonetheless, the statistics are still foggy. It is important to verify them since all source records are destroyed after each annual report. And so this is why a comprehensive and critical review of how Oregon's death 
with Dignity Act works is needed. Three British researchers included Ilora Finlay, a well-known expert in palliative medicine, have published a review in the journal uh, BMJ Supportive and Palliative Care. Well, I just want to read some of these statistics from some of this reporting. The study found that while the average age of those ending their lives by assistance in dying has remained more or less constant at approximately 72.5 years old, the number of prescriptions prescriptions for lethal drugs has increased by 13% each year, and the number of patients who have died through their ingestion has increased 16% each year. The proportion of those who ended their lives by assistance in dying who held private medical insurance fell from 65% over the first decade of its legislation is just over 20% in 2022. But there was also a significant increase in the proportion of people who cited concerns about being a burden. In the first five years, an average of 30% of participants were concerned about being a burden. Since 2017, this concern has been cited by around half of those who die through assistance in dying, 46% 2022. So we can see that that number jumped from 30% in 2017 all the way up to 46% in 2022. That number being the number of people who believe themselves a burden to others, such as family, has propelled them to make a decision to die with you know so-called dignity or to have someone assist them in their dying. And any way you slice this, Dina, it is evil. I mean, I can't believe that this is organized evil. This is almost as bad as organized crime. What do you think? No, I think you're right. It's um, depopulation is what it is. Mm -hmm. Legalizing depopulation. Right. And, you know, if we continue to look at some data, we're looking at some of this stuff, and it's just, it's just shocking what's going on here. And this takes us to our next headline. I kind of want to move along. Doctors euthanize a 16-year-old girl with a brain tumor so they could harvest her organs. Okay, this is from Life News. The shortage of organs for transplantation is threatening to unleash immoral and unethical remedies. A terrible story out of Belgium, and I'll just mention this, Belgium is one of the places that really promote this program, euthanasia. This illustrates the peril. A 16-year-old girl with a brain tumor asked to be euthanized and have her organs harvested. 16 doctors agreed. She was sedated and intubated in ICU for 36 hours so that her organs could be examined, which probably meant imaging and blood tests. She was then euthanized and her organs procured. So here's some points. First, this was a minor terrified of decline who stated that by donating organs, she believed she could do some good. But except for that option, she might not have made this decision. Okay, second, as far as we know, the girl wasn't provided prevention services and not assured that palliative care could alleviate her symptoms. And thirdly, the lengthy sedation and intubation to which she was subjected were not for her benefit, but to allow her organs to be tested and to find compatible recipients. 
in other words, at least in some sense, once the girl asked to donate her organs, her body parts became more important than her life. So conjoining euthanasia with organ harvesting is a growing phenomenon in Belgium and in the Netherlands. These countries don't require that the patient donor be terminally ill. Indeed, in both, the mentally ill qualify for medicalized killing, meaning that people who would not die for many years are euthanized in hospitals and then stripped of their organs. And our closest cultural cousins in Canada, which legalized euthanasia in 2016, have traveled even further down the same utilitarian highway. If an Ontarian patient is accepted to receive a lethal injection again, that person need not be terminally ill and starting next year may be mentally ill. The organization oversees organ donation, Trillium, must be informed so that its representative can contact the soon-to-be-dead person and ask for his or her liver, kidneys, pancreas, lungs, and heart. Now, I just want to inject something here at this point because, you know, we can carry on with this conversation. But there are doctors who are coming out on record, and they're saying, oh, by the way, let me point out to you that... When they declare someone brain dead, that's only a declaration based on guessing and and gesture about the individual and their state of mind or their situation. The primary reason is you cannot obtain organs from a cadaver. Organs that come out of a dead body are not viable organs for transplant. And I don't know if you knew that, Dina, or if a lot of people know this, but they have to have a living, breathing body to harvest organs. And so one doctor said this is why they've come up with this thing called brain dead. Now, what do you make of this, Dina? That's very interesting. And I think I have heard of that. That makes sense. But that's horrible. That's just absolutely horrible. Oh, yeah. And we can't discuss killing for organs without noting the crimes against humanity ongoing in China, where Falun Gong practitioners and other political prisoners are harvested to supply the country's pernicious black market in human organs. The West may never go that far, but dehumanizing patients so that we can obtain their organs would expose the devalued to a similarly deadly dehumanization. Okay, where and does that mean? I mean, you know, if you look at places like China and what they're doing to prisoners, you can certainly see where this could head and how ugly it can get if left unchecked, right? Absolutely, yes. We've got another report coming out here. A survey shows 74% of doctors oppose assistance in dying. Ashley Tracy reported for BBC News on October 18, 2023, that doctors from the Isle of Man have rejected assistance in dying. The Isle of Man is debating a bill that would legalize euthanasia and assistance in dying. It is expected that member of the House of Keys, Alex Allenson's assisted dying bill 2023 will have its second reading October 31. And so the survey of Isle of Man Medical Society members found that 74% of the respondents were against 
legalizing euthanasia and assistance in dying. About 70% of those who responded to the poll asking members for opinions on the assistance in dying bill said they were against the proposed changes. So this is affecting a lot of areas around the world. I mean, they're asking these questions all over the place, not just in Canada. Now, Canadians say Christian hospitals should not be forced to euthanize patients. So again, we're starting to get things like the question of hospitals that have a basic Christian tenet uh, established under the Christian faith and they're saying no they don't want to be forced to be involved in this activity and so again we've got more legal ramblings going on about this kind of thing and here's another one headline from life news assisted suicide support drops as more abuses are found patients euthanized and new polling commissioned and funded by assisted suicide pressure group dignity in dying formerly the voluntary euthanasia society shows that there has been a drop in support in scotland dignity in dying commissioned two yougov polls into assistance in dying in july this year one in scotland and a second in england and wales and while the full polling data for england and wales has not yet been published the scottish polling has been and it reveals that support for assistance in dying in Scotland has dropped. Based on 2019 polling commissioned by Dignity in Dying, 87% of Scots previously supported assistance in dying being made legal. But Dignity in Dying's recent poll shows the figure has dropped 77% in Scotland. So, I mean, when people are polled and asked, doctors and patients alike do not like these programs and where they're headed and who's in charge of making decisions about individuals and whether they think this person or that person is a candidate for assistance in dying and things of the nature of, you know, laws of privacy to the point that young people are not, their parents and families and guardians aren't even acknowledged to take place in these decision makings and in fact are not even alerted until the individual is no longer living i mean it, this is just despicable now canada dina is there's a headline here from daily mail online it says canada to legalize euthanasia for drug addicts with no other illness in march Canada's medically assisted dying, which is MAID law, is due to expand in March of 2024. It will include mental health patients, including those suffering substance abuse. So when the country's law around medically assisted dying, MAID, changes in March 2024, mental health patients, including those with the substance abuse issues with no physical ailments, will be able to seek assistance in dying. A special parliamentary committee in the coming months is due to re-scrutinize the move ahead of the rollout following differing opinions between political parties in Canada. Until more than 10,000 Canadians were euthanized in 2021, a tenfold increase over 2016 when the practice was legalized. And some cases have involved people experiencing poverty as a reason for wanting to die. And I, I can back that up. I've read the stories. 
I mean, this is just staggering. So now, Adina, they are starting to include drug abuse as a reason for enabling someone to go after assistance in dying. As if there aren't already people out there doing drugs for the purpose of taking their own life already. I mean, isn't there organizations out there that are against such things and trying to help people get away from it? And now we've got the medical field trying to help people move in that direction? No, it's just shocking when you think about it that there are hotlines for people to call in and report if they know someone who wants to take their own life or if they are an individual that wants to take their own life to call for support. And the whole concept that there are governments and medical staffs and healthcare professionals that are working to do the opposite, it absolutely is shocking. And you know, Susan, as we're on the topic of Canada, Not everyone agrees with the Prime Minister. Here's a report that you actually sent to me from Life News, and the headline reads, Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party rejects the ban on euthanizing mentally ill patients. The report goes on to read that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party recently voted down a bill that aimed to prevent the state from euthanizing mentally ill Canadians. The bill introduced by conservative lawmaker Ed Fast as private member's bill C-314 sought to amend Canada's criminal code asserting that a mental disorder should not be considered a grievous and irremediable medical condition eligible for assisted suicide. His argument centered around the importance of providing vulnerable citizens with suicide prevention counseling rather than allowing the state to facilitate their deaths. He warned that Canada's medical assistance in dying regime would normalize euthanasia as a solution for those suffering from mental disorders, including depression, where suicidal ideation could be a symptom. Despite strong opposition from Fast and his supporters, Trudeau and the majority of Liberal Party members, along with the Bloc, voted against the bill, leading to its defeat in a close vote of 167 to 150. And finally, the CASP stated that it felt strongly that extreme caution needs to be taken with the medical assistance in dying and a thought-of, fail-proof, measured system of safeguards needs to be in place so that those most vulnerable will be protected from a medically-assisted premature death that could be avoided by adequate treatment and care. The organization blasted the government for failing to deliver on promises that such safeguards would be implemented. And, you know, I want to interject also my own experience. My own mother was in a situation in which her health was declining and she was dying. And the medical professionals that I was in touch with in the hospital, they basically declared to me that this was the weekend that she was going to be taken care of. And, okay, I don't know the exact wording because, you know, how do you remember such things? But I I spoke to one of the top people involved in the hospital, one of the top directors of the hospital that weekend. And I was very vocal about being against what they were about to do, which is basically euthanize someone who happened to be my own mother, okay? And this individual said to me, and I expressed to this person that I was a Christian and this was totally against God. And this individual said, well, you Christians 
are always happy when we're willing to go in and work to save someone's life, but you don't like it when we have to do something different. And I was like, well, that's because Christianity is always about life. And so I'll just leave it at that. I just want to say that if you think that this topic is not important, not significant to you, it is. It is from so many angles, so many levels, because you may come in contact with someone in your life that this is significantly important to you. And I want to say, I want to add this, that, and you know, I'm not going to mention any of the individuals involved or the locations or any of that, but I just want to say that God had the first word when he created life, and he has the last word. And the idea that people want to become as God or play God is, this is probably the height of signs of end times of, you know, the fact that Jesus is returning, because we are in a state of bottoming out as humanity when we get to a point, this point. Now, people have been killing each other for years and years and years, but when you get to something like this, where it's very much like organized crime, but it's out in the open, it's white-collar crime, but it's actually worse than that, Dina. It's, it's literally approved by society. Then I think we have fallen too far, and I believe that the Lord is going to be coming soon. Because we, as human beings, have become so despicable. And so I guess I'll just leave it at that, that this is a major sign of the return of the Lord. And, you know, we need to be praying against these things because they're making decisions, life and death decisions from birth to death and, you know, to, from birth to seniors. And it's disgusting. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really, you know, wanting to bring this to people's attention. And let's not, let's not sweep it under the rug. Let's, let's have conversations about it. Let's bring it out in the open and, and call it what it is. Right, Dina? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about this, you guys, and uh, make people aware of what, what they're doing. And as always, keep your hope, your faith, and your trust in Jesus Christ. He'll never let you down if you're someone out there thinking about this, know that God can save anybody and help anybody. He's ready to do a miracle in your life. So Susan, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and uh, talking about it. If you guys want to find this video or podcast, we have it in podcasts, Google, Apple, and Spotify. You can go to Susan's YouTube channel as well, Marriage Supper of the Lamb Ministries, my YouTube channel, our Rumble channels, as well as our BitChute. And we want to hear from you. So please do leave your comments below this video. Susan, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, just we appreciate it when everybody likes the videos and shares them with other people. Uh, we're very interested in educating people about what's going on in the world that lines up with Bible prophecy. And this topic certainly does indicate that our time is running out and we need to be running to the Lord Jesus as our only true answer to what's going on in an evil world. Amen. Amen to that. So again, thank you, Susan. Thank you to all of you who have tuned in and we will see you soon. God bless and stay safe.